Hey friends, there's a few dates in particular coming up, which I'd like to see as many 12 and a half as possible in the next few months. Um, March 15th and 16th, I'll be headlining Laughs Unlimited in Sacramento. Uh, April 5th, I'll be at the Last Best Comedy Club in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, I'd love it if we could get some 12 and a half in the crowd for those, uh, those particular dates. And the first week of May, I'll be at the MGM in Las Vegas. Be fun to party with you there. TJ will be in Syracuse February 16th and 17th. Raleigh, North Carolina, the Improv, March 8th and 9th. And uh, if you want more details about his dates, go to tjmillerdoesnotthaveawebsite.com. And enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Hello, my sweet tits. Hello, my dad's name. Hello, my father's friend. Ah. I'm getting some uh, airplane noise behind you. Yeah, uh, come on down. Come on home, buddy. Mm -hmm. It's me, Mr. Wee. Yeah, we're sort of, we're up in the air. But this is, this is cinema verite. You know what they say. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you're getting a little frozen sometimes. We got to keep, did you freeze out completely the first time? Well, you know, you froze and then, and, and you know, and then it was, a, I mean, is this just too dangerous to, uh, to do it out here? Or should we try it? It's up to you. I mean, we can, I'll let you know if how, I'll let you know if you freeze or not. And Let's try it. I turned off the, um, I turned off my, the freezer. Uh, the freezer. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the fact that you're in a, inside a walk-in freezer is not not ideal. You know, not ideal. I'm gonna I'm turning up the heat on 106.2. Then moo moo, <laughs> all cow noises all the time. That's one of the recent additions to that radio station is 107.9. The moo, and it's uh, yeah, it's you know it's like Greg Stevens the cat, but it's just a cow. You know? All moo sounds, 24-7. <laughs> All different types of mooing. We're just mooing, mooing, and screwing Cows? on 107.9 The Moo. Roosters, take a break. Cows, you know what I'm talking about. On 102.7 we're, we're going to move it right along to a nonstop moo block. <laughs> a nonstop rock block on 102.7 <laughs> The Moo. The Moo. Um, Coming up next, we've got 45 different moves for the next 45 minutes. One minute per move, and you know what you do. Don't change the dial. Mm. <laughs> 107.9. Yeah. That's pretty tasty. Some tasty We're going to be layers. hearing from, uh, we're going remote. We, I mean, we're going to cut to uh, one of our uh, cow hosts is uh is actually in a remote from a dairy farm in mansfield pennsylvania uh, how's it going out there all right good to hear and we're back in the studio we're gonna do some moo traffic now we've got a uh, it's pretty backed up there there's a bottlenecking with the herd and uh it looks like it's gonna be a little bit longer commute 
this morning <laughs> on 107.9, The Moo. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. Well, you know, that's it probably, is. Yeah, that, that's more of a, that's like sort of a bumper for the uh, Duncan the Jeff show that they do. Yeah, Duncan on the Moo. Because they do some the cross Jeff. promotion. They do some cross it's not. It's not been going well for the There's Jeff, a lot but... of cross promotional opportunities, you know? It just hasn't been going great for the Jeff as of late. No, no. A lot of, uh, a lot of setbacks. Yeah, I think, yeah. and the pandemic has made it difficult because he had to quarantine with Donkey mm-hmm. in order to continue doing the show. So he hasn't seen his wife or his family in about nine months, and uh, Donkey has no family to speak of. And uh, they, what they're doing is Donkey refuses to allow anybody to come in there and clean up after him. So they've just been living in and amongst donkey shit for the last nine months. And it's been, he's having a rough ride of yeah. it. It is untenable. Is that what you're trying to say? Untenable. It's untenable. Uh, I got to tell you, man, I don't know. It's, you know if, there, if this is going to be a. Uh, it's got a little bit of a, I'm getting some echo. I'll be honest. Um, some, some echo and some frozen tundra some helicopter some helicopter and some frozen tundra so i don't know it's up to you but it's it's definitely you're going in and out a little bit uh, well i'm worried not because of uh, um you know maybe i go i feel like it would do better if i went downstairs yeah to the other terrace but i don't know shit because the problem is is that kate kind of um Kate's trying to sleep, and if she won't hear me, but, uh, you know, we want to be laughing and stuff. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Well, you know, you know what works best with your situation. I thought you guys were uh, quarantining. Uh, we are, but she's, I am downstairs. I'm saying if I go downstairs to inside, we won't have this problem. But if I go down to the lower terrace, um, we might not have this problem, but she might. I think I think you go inside. Us. I think you go inside, open the windows. We do some tasties because this is going to be an epic tasty classic. I mean, yeah, I hear that. I mean, I don't want to hear it, but I hear it. I mean, uh, I'd like to be outside right now too. Unfortunately, there's um, there's soot falling from the sky because the entire city of Los well, Angeles is and burning the down. truth is, it looks like there's just going to be helicopters overhead. For the entire time, because it's kind of a war zone here. Well, so, they're trying to stop us. For, they're trying to stop the uh, podcast. That's a lot of times they start, they do that here in Los Angeles, where they send people out and try to stop these episodes. Because you know why? These episodes are so nasty. That well, they're getting they, they're getting they're getting almost too tasty for their own good. Yeah, I feel and like so. The yeah. government is after us. They're trying to shut it down and say, "Hey, it's too tasty." All right, yeah. they're too buttery. It's buttery. too hot. Too hot and spicy. And they're, so but- they're so buttery that people are listening to them, and then they're slipping and hurting themselves yeah. on the buttery sweetness of the Tasty Tasty Pods. And even someone mentioned on Twitter today, I noticed uh, that they're flaky, too. They're very flaky. They just uh, they like, fall right off the, you know, right off the uh, croissant. Mike. <laughs> they're so tasty. They're just, they're falling off the bone. You know what I, I mean? I was going to so use that analogy, people, but yeah, the flaky, that's more, uh, what, crispy. They fall Flakiness, the, crispy. Uh, moist, sweet, falling sweet, right sweet. off the bone. Yeah. Yeah. Some of these have been marinated 48 hours. We marinate the episodes. Hours. Yeah. We marinate the marinate episodes. The episodes as long and as they are just fall off the boner. Yeah. You know, they, they just come right off the boner. 
And and when's the last time you've, you've referred to your your erection as a boner? You think it's been years? Has it been relatively recently? I mean, yeah, I don't really have names for it. That's not. But I'm saying, you know, we've talked about this, I think, and I I was talking about this on stage for a little while, but it didn't quite, I don't think it's going to make the cut. But, you know, there is a phrase called pop and a chub. Yeah, we talked about that. In fact, I believe we called an episode. (laughs) I believe Miles Miles called one of the episodes something about popping a chub. I'm not sure. I mean, it is so funny to me that anyone would ever say that they've popped a chub. Well, sometimes people pop a chub right off the bone. <laughs> you ever had a flaky, hot, tasty uh, popper? Just pop, popper? Just pop the chub right off the boner. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I haven't said, I haven't actually said, "Hey, I have a boner." Yeah, probably. <laughs> it sounds so crazy to hear now that people don't use it anymore. But the idea of saying, you know, I I've got a really big boner right now. <laughs> boner. You know what I've been doing lately? I've been calling <laughs> not a bone, yeah. a boner. Yeah. No, I yeah. if, if I if that's going on, I'll say, boy, I'm really, I'm, I was feeling very interested. See, that's how classy I've gotten. I say, I'm you say that. Say that. I say, I say I, really, there's major chub poppage going or on. I'll say there was a real situation happening. My dick fell off the bone. You know, here's something. I, I here's say. something I've been saying recently um, when I don't like people, like someone takes your spot in line or at the gas station or something. Like, look at that jackalope. I call everyone jackalope. I call everyone jackalopes now. Jabronis are really. It's good much. One. It's much more polite. The kids like it. They're calling people jackalopes now. It's great. Look at that. Yeah, my ex cousin uh, Miller Davis used to call it. Uh, he taught me calling people jabronis. This fucking jabroni. Yeah, but jackalope's pretty good. There was a jackalope um, at this. Uh, we ate out for the first time, me and the kids, since this thing started. We just do takeout, and uh, but it was it was a restaurant where there was a lot of space, and this very drunk guy sat down right across from us and just started flirting with everybody. Just really bothering. Even, even your sons? Even uh, your he was, sons? He was uh, like, he, hey, he wanted, kids. He, yeah, he wanted to talk to everyone. He was just, you know, one of these people that thinks he's really charming um, because yeah. because he's been drinking too much. It's like, that doesn't make you charming. You might have been charming before, but it, it's not charming. He was flirting with everything. Everything it's working against you. Yeah, he was. He was just every single girl that would, every single waitress, everybody. It was really, and he kept cutting in on my conversation with the kids, and um, and I, I finally. What would he say? What kind of things did he sort of bring up? Oh, uh, he'd be like, "Hey guys, pretty soon you can be over at my table with the big boys." You know, he'd be like, "On, uh, you know, is a." Uh, this is, my, this is my third drink, but I'll tell you, this is just the beginning. He was just making these speeches to the kids, interrupting us. And I, it took me about three times, right? And the third time, I was just like, look, my priority here is to is to have dinner with my kids and, and bond with my kids, not to humor this man. So finally, I yeah. had to say to him, I go, hey, man, um, thanks. It's been fun talking to you, but I think I'm just going to have it just be kind of me and the guys here. And he didn't get that. About five minutes later, he cuts in, starts interrupting. Actually walked over to the table. Started talking to us. Not okay. And, Did he have a mask on? No. And and I just go look. I go seriously. I you seem like a really nice guy, but I just I need to be with my kids right now, and I appreciate it if we just kind of have this be the thing that kind of ends our night together, and you know have a great evening. I was just like I don't I don't, I don't have time for this shit. You know what I mean? No way, man. Especially because it's so precious to you know go to dinner. That's just such a precious I know. thing. I know. And. uh 
you know, it's, I don't know, it's pretty he thought, scary. He thought he was being funny, but there's some clueless, and then Chance on the way back was like, Do you think, is there like a clueless jackalope in every group? And I'm like, yeah, there's often a, a clueless jackalope. That, that's really what he said. Yeah, he's like, is there always like a clueless jackalope? Um, and I'm like, yeah, that pretty much is part of, part of society. There's always going to be, you know, my theory about groups even, um, not that there's always a clueless jackalope, but that the bigger the group, um, the harder they fall. Pretty, the bigger the group, the harder they fall. Pretty much. The bigger the group, the the less fun the group becomes um, because the, uh, the odds increase that you're going to have somebody there that's going to dictate. It's a jackalope. A jackalope that's going to dictate the activity, and it's going to be the least likable person in the group that dictates what the group does because that's why they're not likable because they keep trying to control the group, and they want they have very set-in-their-ways needs. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think the best number is two. Not one. One is the loneliest number, but two's the best number, and that's why. So you really do think three's uh, two's company, three's a crowd. Three's doable, and four is where things get worse. I think three can be fun, but three's the limit. I mean, you know, I, I think I two like, and three are the best numbers. I like four. The Winklevoss twins actually said to us, "Yeah, but they count as one." Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. But they, you know, they said, "Hey, uh, they wanted to have dinner with us," and. Um, and they said, hey, and it was really complicated. You know, nowadays it's so complicated. Well, where do you go? And they're sitting out in Long Island. We were in Long Island. And um, they said to us, they said, hey, do you mind if we bring a friend of ours? And we kind of said, you know, look, we think that's going to mess up the dynamic. And Kate's father is getting surgery. And we trust you guys. But we don't know this person, how safe they've been. Well, it turns out, you know, it actually was one of them was interested in a girl. So it was a girl who was going to come, but Kate and I talked about it. And we said, you know, we don't want five is, I think five's the problem. Five's a bad number. Four, you can kind of, uh, you know, and when we do this with the Winklevoss twins, it's like, I'll talk to Tyler and Kate will talk to Cameron and then we'll switch places or they'll switch places. And then I'll talk to Cameron and she'll talk to Tyler. And then sometimes all four of us talk together, but they can sort of tell what, they can kind of listen to each other's conversation while they are talking, which is interesting. And we sort of do the same. So it's really weird. It's like there's three conversations going at the table between four people at all times. You increase the odds with each person that someone's in a bad mood and someone's mood dictates how people feel because it's well, hard, and, it's the hard. Fifth, and then everyone's worried about that person's feelings for the rest of the night. Well, I think the fifth person can't really. I think three people can have a good time together. Absolutely. It's not like somebody's a third wheel. I, I think three is a perfectly good number. Don't get me wrong. And two, I like two the best. Three is great. But for me, even four starts to go down the wrong path. I like four. We had a. Uh, my sketch comedy group, Heavyweight, uh, was a five person group for a while. And then eventually it became a four person group and it was much better as a four person group. Mm -hmm. You can kind of, it's easier to get four people to agree on one thing, much easier than getting five people to agree on one thing and try getting 350 million people to agree on one thing. Uh, that ain't going to happen, America. <laughs> you hear that helicopter? Dad came home for Christmas. <laughs> Trying to shut us down. Uh. Yeah, I know. They really, they don't appreciate the nastiness. Um, they you know, don't I think want it to get as nasty as we can be. 
and we get so nasty sometimes, I think it becomes uncomfortable for some people. Well, certainly for government officials. Yeah. And that's just something that I had to learn to accept. Um, at a certain point in time, you know, you have to accept that people are, are going to not sort of understand the nastiness and really want to, um, they recoil from the nastiness. That's what I'm trying yes, to say. Yes, they, yeah, they yeah. right. That's they what, recoil. I mean, let's they be real. Of, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, I Have you ever felt like a true woman? Not recently, no. That's kind of how I've been feeling these days. I really feel like I'm finally truly a woman. You're in touch with your femininity? Is that what you're saying? No, I just I feel like a true woman, not a you know, not a false woman, but a true a woman in earnest. Okay, you you and that's for why a I've been, Say it again. Say it again. Um, I feel like I'm a woman in earnest, and okay. uh, that's why I've been wearing pantyhose, uh, but over my head. And uh, I've been robbing liquor stores, but I've only been taking uh, lip gloss. Okay. <laughs> so it's kind of an upside down, true woman type of situation. And uh, I've got a lot of lip gloss. I'm actually yeah. going to start uh, selling it on Etsy uh, under the uh, pseudonym uh, True Woman 007, right? Yeah. Kind of a, a nod to James Bond, if you will. And you might. And I think if you do, and you, could. You, would, you will have. And if you would, you, you could. So just go ahead and do. And how much wood could a woodchuck chuck just if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Don't know. The truth is not very much. Yeah, don't. Not very much. And you know why that is? Don't a not woodchuck, do that. Yeah. Uh, a woodchuck is a, uh, did you know that? It's a, it's a, a, a hedgehog. Um, a groundhog, actually. A groundhog yeah. is a woodchuck. Did you know that? I did not know that. And so Kate and I had a really, really long laughing session about the fact that uh, woodchucks don't chuck wood. Yeah. And then when we thought about it, people don't think about this, but woodchuck, that expression, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Chucking is not chewing. Mm -hmm. And all of us seem to think of it as a woodchuck is like chewing wood, but it's not. To chuck is to throw. And groundhogs... Uh, have very small arms. So the answer to that question is, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Not very much. Mm. Not very much wood because they have tiny arms and they wouldn't be able to throw a lot of wood. And Kate and I have said they really got the short end of the stick on that one because woodchuck is such a better uh, name for an animal than than groundhog. Just a, a hog of the dirt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you don't want to be called the dirt hog, but woodchuck sounds cool. It does. You know? I mean, it's, it's got a, a nice ring. There's a nobility to it. There's a nobility that will stand. There's the, a nobility. Will st- yeah, will stand the test of time. You're a guy that likes to. I mean, I don't want to take things to the. You know, we've we've done the the sacred here by talking about this, but now the profane comes into play. Um, <laughs> uh, but you're a guy from what, <laughs> what I does that even mean? The sacred and the profane. I. Uh, Actually, I. See. I you're a guy, from what I've been told, likes to uh, do some fucking and trucking. Sometimes trucking and then fucking. Is that correct? But I, I well, now, I, I, look, I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of place here. But you, this yeah. is profane. But yeah, no. What I do is I fuck until I truck. I, that's what I've heard about. And you. so I'll fuck and I'll fuck and I'll fuck, and then I get a Class C license uh, of commercial vehicles, and uh, I truck, and then I got to truck and truck and truck until I get back to the fucking. Yeah. And as I have said. 
you know, the problem is that the proportion of fucking that you do to get to the trucking compared to the trucking necessary to get back to the fucking is really off. Yeah, it's, it's a, the ratio is all it's, off. It's a really tough. Uh, so you end up really trying your trucking mm-hmm. so much to get back to the fucking, and trucking is a lonely lifestyle. I've said this. It's the type of life where uh, it's the type of life where we. Uh, you give yourself a manicure just so it looks like you're getting a hand job when you jack listen, off. Listen, it's a fine line. And I mean by that a yellow line in the middle of the road. It's a thin – that's it's exactly thin, right. Fine a broken, line. It's a broken thin, yellow line. Yellow line. Yeah, in the middle yeah. of the road. A thin yellow uh, line. But listen, I mean uh, I would be remiss to point out that probably while you're doing the fucking and trucking, which you so enjoy – Food, I'm so glad you're not being remiss. Which, by the which way. preceded, you know, what precedes that probably is you. Because people uh, would really remiss out. I don't want people to remiss you, uh, this, the, the sort of the visual of of you. From what I understand, you also before you do your fucking intro. And that image, we don't want that image to go remissing. You know, we don't want to remiss that image. We'll have to. Uh, we'll, we'll have to do a remissing persons yeah. Uh, report. Yeah. You know. My understanding is you beforehand you often uh, pop a chub. Is that correct? And there's some chubbage. This is the kind of this is the kind of hard hitting interview that I like to do, okay? Because I don't pull punches. The, I don't pull punches. The chubbage. See this? The chubbage See this? that is popped. I don't pull that. Yeah. I don't pull that. I push you don't that pull, you're not going to pull a punch. I push that forward. Um, you know, I'm. Uh, yeah, the, the chubbage that pops, yeah. it, it almost always leads to a boner. But I got to start saying that. I'm going to start with Kate. I'm going to go. Hey, listen, I've got a raging boner. I've got a serious boner right now. And remember, people used to say, I've got a real boner for this thing. And then for a little while, women would say, I have a serious lady boner. Yeah, I never heard that. Yeah, that never really connected with me either. A lady boner. Yeah. I guess that's just a a hard clitoris. Yeah, I don't, I I never even heard that one. That was, uh, you know, I was sort of. Lady boner. I was, I remissed that one. You remissed that one. You, you the the uh, the boat had already left the dock at that point. Yeah, it that had. ship had sailed. That ship had sailed. Yeah, I, I'm. Every generation has different, you know, slang terminology. Um, you know, for me, it's jackalope. I bring in for the, the ju- for the chub. Uh, bringing that back into the forefront of society, jackalope. Uh, I know in the 20s it was popular, and now it's back. But. Um, I don't like the expression uh, "woke." I don't really like it. Maybe that no, makes me I'm, that makes I, me uh, not. Maybe, maybe that makes me not. I just I haven't embraced that. Yeah, woke is kind of broke, in my opinion. It's you know it's interesting. I think now even the people who are woke, it's just I think people in general are really, really getting sick of all of it. You know, the pandemic accelerated to a certain extent, but I think. Everybody who's a, sort of in the center is so sick of the far right and the far left um, that all the woke stuff, the talk about that, that it's just all that stuff has is, is gotten too, it's abrasive. It's too kind of in your face. It's too front and center. It's too, so it's a shame. But yeah, I, 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 I would rather say Papa Chubby. Than woke and do, do you know week. do you know why we're having do you know one of the reasons why there are major forest fires in Los Angeles do you know how one of them has been start one of them started 
I think a chub was popped so quickly <laughs> that it, it hit Flint and it, it, the sparks flew. I wish. I wish it had. Um, someone did a gender gender reveal party and they. Yes, they I, I heard that. I heard that today. How, how, th- how big of an ego do you have where you feel like you need to throw fireworks into the sky <laughs> to reveal like anyone cares what sex your child is and you're going to actually blow fireworks into the sky and then start a forest fire? I, I mean, that is just uh, – talk about a jackalope. It's, that it's is so just, terrible. That is, the and most, they- that is the most terrible – like just when I think there's there's an, a limit to the reasons I might dislike humanity, there's a new one that I hadn't thought of. They just add it. And I'm sure they had like either pink fireworks if it was a girl or blue fireworks if it was a boy. But, yeah, the idea that that's the reason that a good portion of California is on fire. And it really is. I mean, it's, you you know, it's really bad out there, right? It's terrible. Yeah. There's just ash coming down from the sky. That's is, so awful. Yeah. I'm really worried about California. Yeah. Um, and in Denver today, they, they have a cold front. They're going to get 18 inches of snow. And it was 34 degrees when I spoke with my mother on the phone. And in two days, it's going to be 82 degrees. Mm. So it's just like the climate change of all this is getting really bad. It's untenable. Untenable. It's untenable. I think no matter what your politics are, if this election goes the wrong way in November we kind of may not be able to bounce back as humanity. Humanity itself is at stake with, uh, and in two months we'll figure it out. You know, Kate and I donated a little bit of money um, to the Lincoln project. I just think in some ways, I just think their ads are really funny. They kind of attack Trump the way that he attacks people, uh, which just makes me laugh. But there's really nothing to be done. And I was talking to somebody about how I think the presidency has already been decided. I think that election is over. I think that no amount of anything is going to get people to change their mind. And he's either going to get elected or not. And, you know, we're trying not. I never could have thought in my life that whether or not the president is reelected, which is would be just a catastrophe. Um I never thought that that would take backseat to any other issue. And yet within the context of the pandemic, it is absolutely the least of our worries. I mean, it is such a fucking disaster, but this is the first time that, you know, him being elected has really affected my bottom line because the fact that it was mishandled and he said, Hey, you know, um, uh, this is just going to disappear. It'll be like a miracle. If he had gotten serious about it beforehand, I probably would be working, you know, I would have worked more and, uh, you know, they'd be at 75% capacity instead of not even opening indoors, you know? So it's pretty bad. I want to remind everybody, coming to you live from New York City on the terrace, and uh, I don't know if you hear this, but there are church bells going. I think I, I, heard, uh, a a gunshot, I heard a gunshot earlier. There is a gunshot earlier. That's the crime here has gotten really no, bad. It's, I mean, not, it's, it's not even crime. People are going to great lengths to interrupt this podcast from helicopters. to It really is. But no, they, you know, people are getting shot in New York and the city might go bankrupt again. I mean, it, it just could not well, that's the, be worse. And shows, I just did shows in Rhode Island and it was so fun and people had such a good time because it was indoors. It's only 78 people, but they just had a blast the whole time. I did shows outdoors under a tent in uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. 
And that was really, really fun too. And you know, you said, you asked me when I first went back, you said, what was it like going back? Was it a, you know, did it feel like having an orgasm? You know, how good did it feel? And for those two clubs, it didn't feel that great, I think, because it was still early on to be returning. But the, this, these gigs in Rhode Island, those shows, they were so fun, just so fun. Uh, I got pretty drunk after the second show. You did? Or the second night after the shows. And um, it's because I kind of tried to drink like I would casually drink at a comedy club before the pandemic, but I'm so out of practice of, uh, you know, I don't really, we, we didn't, we drank a little bit in the beginning of the pandemic, but then after that, especially lately, I've been trying to cut weight because the healthier you are, the less likely COVID is to, to really hurt you. Um, but yeah, it was, but I, I really, I had so much fun. The people in the audience were so fun to perform for. It was really, really, really great. And I was just doing my act. You know, I got back to uh, doing a lot. I had to change some of the material, but you know, I, I just went back to kind of taking people away from thinking about it. I got a couple of pandemic jokes, but um, for the most part, you know, I'm just doing the comedy that I enjoy doing. People are a little touchy about my racial humor now, which is kind of funny because the racial humor is obviously about whites. Um, but I still, I was still doing it because I was like, we got to, you know, we got to, we got to stop being so touchy. It's just, it's really crazy. But I, I don't know. I mean, you know, financially we're in a place where if things don't get better pretty soon. I don't know. There's some, I, I don't talk to Kate about it, but like, you know, if things continue to be really bad, it's like we would maybe have to sell the house. I mean, you know, it's it's bad right now because you can't they're not letting us have, you know, 75 percent capacity. And if we could do that and but we also need people to want to come to shows, you know, people are still scared to go to shows. They're still scared to go out. So I think, you know, we need a few months of people coming to shows and not getting sick before people will actually feel comfortable, you know, coming to shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm concerned that. I'm, have you done live comedy? I'm concerned it's another six months away. Not only have I not done live comedy, but the virtuals are, are even worse than we realized. I, <laughs> um, you hear that helicopter? <laughs> like I, like, I like I, it. It's it's compared really to like, cruise ships. Compared to cruise okay, ships. Okay. Well. Okay, that's. Let, let me compare it to the siren that's coming in in the background. Um, yeah. That's what this it, is. New York, baby. Let me tell you the this two reasons why is the real deal. I, I've managed to no to, filter. I've, I've managed to lock into a, a, a bunch of virtuals, and let me tell you all the things I dislike about them real quickly. Um, Please do. Um, Run it down. Well, get as nasty as you want to be. I'm going to get real nasty here. Number one, they require three to four times as much preparation because you know that the riffing isn't going to be as effortless to just riff with somebody. Um, number two, when you're performing on your own computer screen and you can watch yourself perform, 
Yeah, that's no good. That is a sick feeling, okay? Nobody in history has had to watch themselves perform while they're performing. Even Narcissist himself would have been like, this is a little much. Yeah, Narcissist himself would have said, you know what, let's 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 drain this pool. Let's drain this pool. Uh, (laughs) When Narcissist says that something's a little much, he says, let's drain this pool. Let's drain it. I don't want to look at myself anymore. Uh, It is very uncomfortable to watch yourself perform. No, I I can only imagine. And we're not supposed to at any point have to look at ourselves. I mean, even while we're doing this squad cast, I am looking at you. If I turned and looked at myself, because it's human nature have, to say, I, have my, I don't like the way I look. Yeah, you don't I, like geez, the way you look. During we, I've never seen myself during these squad cast. Please, have, we're close friends. You can call me Tudge. But I have the uh, I have call the, me Tudge. I have the thing pushed over so I can only see your face. I don't see myself right now. That's the way I always do this with you. So that's never really. I'm I'm the opposite. I can only see me now. I've I've taken you completely the off. The amount of people, the amount of people that can be on stage with you where, where their mute button is off and you can hear them just so you get some feedback. Right. I've experimented with this enough because I've been doing a ton of these. Is Sounds between, like Between it. seven to ten people before there's too much feedback or distraction in the background. So you can only yeah. perform. So you're you're maxing out at seven people that you get to perform for. Now, how what seven-person shows have been really meaningful for you in your lifetime? It's not easy, okay? Yeah, well, I've, I've done I've done a lot of shows for small audiences, but that's what that's I'm hearing. Live. And then that's live. They now, one other thing, though, buddy, and this is the part that really is the hardest for me that bums me out. Um, when you riff with people, the whole thing with riffing for me is sort of um, they can't see the person I'm riffing with. They see my reaction to that person. But on right. Zoom or on any of these different networks that I do these things on, they can see the person who I'm riffing with. And that person knows they're being watched. So they behave differently than a person right. who would normally behave. It changes the entire riffing dynamic. And yeah. everything I've ever learned about riffing is just thrown out the window. It's a bummer because they try yeah. to be really funny because they know they're being watched. And also, the people watching are uh, – they're watching that guy, and they're not watching my reaction to that guy, which is what was funny about it in the first place. It's terrible. It's not, it, it's not meant to be done. And, and here's the thing that I, I, I sort of say is, you know, there was this big um, article. Did you hear about this? Of this guy who's a futurist and a Bitcoin millionaire, and he um, he's weird. I've done his podcast a couple of times, mm-hmm. and it's interesting. He's a huge fan of mine. I didn't really know who he was. He's kind of a self-help financial guru type guy but it's like you know it's pretty it's pretty shysty um but he wrote an article or a blog post about how new york is gone forever and that everybody's moving out of the city and everybody's going to uh everybody's going to um uh you know work remotely and move to austin and nashville and Denver and all these other places because it's better quality of life. It's che- uh, cheaper. He says better quality of life. And he started referring to after bandwidth and before bandwidth and now bandwidth is strong enough that we can do stuff like this. The thing is, if you and I had the choice, even though this is much easier to do it like this, we would 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100, yeah. want to be in the same room. Absolutely. And there's a reason that people have these office buildings. There's a reason... And Jerry Seinfeld did an open letter in the New York Times sort of blasting this guy. You should really read it. It's really interesting. And, um, you know, he explained why New York is not gone forever and why, you know, we'll rebuild it. We'll take care of it. 
which I agree with, of course. But it was really interesting because, um, and it's actually really funny. It's a really funny piece. Like Seinfeld kind of knocked it out of the park. But what I was going to say is that there's a reason that we don't do Zoom shows. You know, we we had this technology right. before. We had this technology right. five years ago. There's right. a reason people people don't go to an office just to be around other people. They go to an office so that they can get away from their home, so that they can separate work and life. No one wants to go into the other room and work. And all the people, my father worked from home for such a long time, for like 10 or 15 years. Um, but it was on the third floor and it was in, it, it felt like he was going to the office because he walked upstairs and there'd be right. never his wife, my mother, as, as we like to call her, but his wife would never be on that floor. She would never bother him. He had his own sort of, so in a way he was going to an office that was away from the home. And, uh, and so I think that's going to be the case. I think as soon as people, can go back to it. They will. I just, you're not supposed to perform for yourself. And the drive-ins screen. aren't working either, well, by the way. Well, I had me, some friends that went to a drive-in show. Well, let me tell you one that. other thing that's not working. Um, I, I know someone that's a, um, it's a professor at Dartmouth and um, he was saying that, that whoa brag much no 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 i'm not, I'm not. Hey, hey hey cash you drop something it's a name <laughs> <laughs> so uh, somebody's got a really big dart mouth yeah with you know, all the names there do you want a bucket for all these names you keep dropping i know, I know. <laughs> you know what i'm gonna say you are a fucking asshole you know what i'm gonna you know what <laughs> I'm going to change it to Yale. I have a friend that's a that's, that's a professor at Yale, and because that'll be a lot less you know pre- pretentious. Okay, so, and he was saying that he he hadn't taught in you know a year or something, and was really excited to get back and teach, and then was was teaching on Zoom, and after literally like three days out of the first week, and he had been dying to get back to teaching, just was like I I don't want to do it anymore. Like I, he doesn't, none of the students, he doesn't want to teach at all. He didn't. None of the students are staying interested. There, it just isn't the same. There's no connection. The things that he loved about teaching are completely uh, eradicated by this format. And that's how I feel about. Um, I I don't know if I'm going to cut this out or what, but um, you know this this virtual stuff is it's a it's a paycheck, you know. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it just, is. Wait, I, so I, you're, but but your your friend sort of says, "I don't want to be a teacher anymore." If this is how we're going to be teaching, yeah, because it's yeah, it's, it's a paycheck. This is, I mean, I'm I need to make money, and this is the way it's going to be for a short period of time, hopefully. But uh, I got to take these things. They take an, a, just incredible amount of preparation. And, and the are reward, there any clubs TJ, that you could reward, go to? The are there any clubs that you could go to though? Now we're I'm recording. Start, I'm going to start recording again. So we're back now. Feels good. Feels good. <laughs> I want to tell you. I want to tell you before you we, are a lot of fun. Has anyone told you that? Yeah, uh, I'm a barrel of monkeys. That's what they call me. A barrel of laughs, a bucket of me. chuckles, and a motherfucking ladle of giggles. It's 107.9. <laughs> I want to tell you, and I know we've discussed this on a previous episode, but I want to tell you. <laughs> I want to tell you the most um, frustrating part of this 
pandemic for me. Okay. Yeah. And I know we've discussed it. We've just, we've discussed it a little bit, but um, so I'm as busy as I've ever been in my life. Right. Just because with the kids being, uh, you know, you know, needing to be homeschooled um, with them, not having friends to hang out with right. you there with, um, yeah, I'm listening. with uh, them not having any sports to play. So I have to be their coach, their teacher, their friend and their dad. Right. Right. Yeah. You said, I mean, um, I think it's interesting that so there's a lot of that going on, but I, I thought um, it was really interesting just to compliment you. Yes. You always think of things in a very different way from anyway. When I, when I first wanted to start the podcast with you, a lot of it was because the way that you frame things, the way you think about things is really different from anyone else I've ever met. And I like it. I, I think you may be one of the few, certainly of my friends, you are the greatest philosopher, but you want to, you may be one of the few philosophers that I know or have ever met. I thought that was so interesting when you said that, that you said, you know, you have to be all of the things that your kids don't have now. You've sort of, you have to be all those things. And April does too. And obviously right. it's harder for you be, because you're right. a man, you know, she's a <laughs> woman. Because this, this has to be, this You've got a boner. Be, you're able to yeah. pop chubs. You're right. You're right. And I do it all the time. I'm often popping chubs. And, uh, and I then popped, doing I popped a chub so hard it burst. It's a disaster. <laughs> so, but the bottom line is they have to look back on this and go, you know what? We lost a lot of stuff, but we gained a lot of stuff, right? So we had all that extra time with our parents and we had all those great trips and we had those great experiences and we learned all these things. So in the end, it has to turn out to be positive because they only get to be this age once. Now, I know parents say that a lot. They're like, oh, they only get to be this age once. Well, who, who, who is that not true for? But these early ages are the years that shape people. And you want to make sure these are like really um, – you know, life uh, changing uh, years. You don't, you know you don't, I mean? don't want to look back and realize that they may, and th there's a big worry about this, that we're going to look back and a lot of these kids are going to have serious anxiety problems, right. psychological problems. Um, it has to be. Yeah. So it has to be that more good things came out of this than, than bad things. And so that's taking a lot of time, right? So I'm just saying I'm more, I'm not bragging. I'm saying I'm busier than I've ever been with that, right? I also have all these virtuals, which takes so much more preparation. It's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Um, I've got this writing thing that we've talked about that I'm still doing. Um, yeah, and then you there's really the rental situation, which we're kind of going back and forth. Right. Yeah, I mean, you really cut me out of that uh, completely. I am absolutely nearly unemployed. And you just couldn't even throw me a fucking bone, not even one. And I, I, I won't forget that. Let me make that real clear. I know. I, 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 will, know. I will remember that. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm happen to be sort of overwhelmed with all the stuff. That's, okay, that's that's what you. That's what exactly what it sounded like. And uh, that was a Madison Bumgarner back, not it's not back, rocket on the back, show. Back up the back up the track. <laughs> Rocket's anyway, right back here. Here's the problem. So I'm as busy as I've ever been in the pandemic. And I know we've talked about this, but I want to go one step further with it. The pandemic has caused a lot of people that have more time on their hands than they've ever had. And I happen to have less time, amount of time on my hands. So the, the, the problem is the fucking cell phone. That's the problem. And oh, it's, yeah. it's the problem. And on we got to talk right about now. what I did. We got to talk okay. about that. But it's, it's a real problem for me because it creates a lot of angst for me 
to have people reaching out all the time every day and thinking I have time to talk or text right, too much. They don't, they don't have time. They don't have a family. They're not sort of friend to their children, teacher, et cetera. Well, also all this other stuff that's going on. And I'm in and out of town a lot because I'm sort of, we're renting out some stuff here. And so just to, just to make ends meet with this thing. So there's a lot of moving parts going on. I'm con- incredibly stressed. And now everyone seems like they're getting pissed. And I got to say some of these people, I mean, they're getting pissed. Like do, if you send a picture of yourself, like, I don't know, uh, exercising to a friend, are they supposed to respond? I don't, I don't know what you're supposed to, there's a, there's a level you, you of have friends of yours that are sending you pictures of themselves working out. I don't know if it was meant to be ironic or what. I don't know if it was meant to be ironic. I, the bottom line is that's I really, I gotta tell you, that's really weird. I know. I know. I feel really like, uh, really frazzled by the amount of now, let me take it one step further. Would Do you, you know say many, that you were, there's a little bit of the frazzle dazzle? Is that what you're saying? A little bit of the frazzle dazzle. Let me tell you once. Let me take it one step further. I, I figured it out the other night because April for our anniversary. Do you know what she did for me? No, I want to hear this. She took my phone on uh, our anniversary was Friday. She took my phone on happy anniversary. Thursday. Yeah, on, our on, anniversary was Friday. She yeah, I know. I, I, happy anniversary to you too. Happy anniversary to you. Yeah, and back at you, buddy. And here's one coming right at you. Do you know what April did for my anniversary? Happy, hey, happy maniversary. She she took my cell phone away. She took my cell phone away and said, I'm not going to give it back to you till Tuesday. She hid my cell phone. Wow. Because let me tell you something. That cell phone is causing me so much stress because I feel guilty not getting back to people and stuff. And here's the thing. Uh, do you know that there's 17 different ways people can reach me? Oh. 17 ways. Because Carrier you know, pigeon, semaphore. Now, okay, so you have you have a say you have a Twitter account, but you also have direct message on Twitter, right? Yeah. And you have a Facebook account, but then you have a, a you have a a direct message on Facebook. Yeah. And then you know we have um, you know we've got the Cashing with TJ account, so that's a whole separate account, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I know what you're saying now. There's there's a lot of different ways. There's 17 different ways. That's too many. That's too many ways. And every single person that reaches out to you thinks they're going to be able to connect with you and get you right away. And you feel, and and they, some of them feel stressed when you don't get back to them. So I am going in a direction where I'm going to be one of these guys that goes into the forest right, and lives in a log cabin with no electricity because I think it creates, I think it creates a lot of angst and I think it's, I think so many different meditation sort of services are built on getting you away from your cell phone. It's ironic that you are getting them through your cell phone, but really that's, there's a lot of like uh, mindfulness stuff. That's like, here's how you have find peace. And I think it's not peaceful to be constantly inundated with people that need you to get vaccinated. And by the way, one other thing, the teachers, at their school, the homeschooling. It's not like we're making up the, the the schooling plans on our own. We're getting like twenty or thirty emails and texts every day from the teachers telling us what should, which what what we should be doing. It's just like too much. You, I mean, you've got a really specific situation having these kids at that age, and we're really, um, you know, my I'm working on a joke right now about notifications, like news notifications, and how they're never good. Okay, I lost you. I lost. Say it again. 
Last week, um, just they're never good. You know, the notifications are just never ever good. Um, you know, you spend your whole life reacting to things rather than living. But so let let me tell them because also my uh, battery's low, so I am going to have to go inside in just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, but so let me tell the twelve and a half. So uh, this is what I did. So Cash kind of did this whole um, spiel to me and said, I just can't do this. And he said, so I'm going to turn off my phone uh, until Wednesday and then I'll turn it back on and I'll be able to get in touch with you on Wednesday. So what I did, and I told Kate this and she laughed. Kate thought this was like the funniest thing in the world. So what I would do is every couple hours, right when I woke up before I went to sleep, I would text Cash and say like, hey buddy, how you doing? And he, he had told me that he doesn't understand, but he's got friends that get mad at him for not responding to them, not calling them back, not replying to their texts. And so I just started, whenever I thought of it, texting him and being like, Cash, what's going on? Why aren't you calling me back? Give me a call. And I would call and leave messages and I texted. And how many texts do you think? Because I really would do it every couple hours. Okay, so it was, it was a lot of commitment. Okay, first of all, it's a real... <laughs> You hear that? Helicopters! Um, so, yeah, I came out of the, you know, I pulled the, I had the phone in a drawer and I pulled it out on Tuesday, or it was a Wednesday, I guess, that time. And, yeah, there were probably uh, 20 text messages and another, oh, like. way more than that. No, no, no. It was well, it was, it was 20. It was, well, but, okay, I count each one, but there were a lot of comments within each one. There were probably 20 phone calls with voice messages. And, uh, and I'll admit, like, when I saw it, I uh, had a bit of a heart attack because I, I uh, when I first saw it, because I'm like, oh, my God, what what what's going on? <laughs> um, but like to to my friends out there that are listening, if I know some some older friends listen, I just put it away. Sometimes I'm just putting it away now. I can't, you, you know, well, I, I just put it idea. away. Well, we talked about this. I, I on my last on my birthday, on my birthday, I put it away. I just yeah. put it away and I was so good. happy about that. It feels good to put because it away. Because there's nothing that you really, no one really needs to get a hold of you. Maybe 1% of the time, mm -hmm. somebody really needs to get a hold of you. And the rest of the time, it's just not the case. It just isn't. Yeah. They're, and they're, I'm, I don't, they're reaching I'm not, out for I'm, no reason. I'm not ignoring people's texts. I seem incapable of, or voicemails or whatever. I, I feel like I'm incapable of doing that for too long. What I've done to try to control it is just not check it unless I'm absolutely ready to start returning. No, I, I think right? that's right. And I think yeah. the less, you know, the less we allow ourselves to be available, the more time we can actually spend, you know, within ourselves. As far as sort of talking about the silver lining of this stuff, I like that you have said... There have to be silver linings. We need to look for a way. And I love your analogy of looking back at the guy you were when your girlfriend and you broke up and you were living in a garage and you had to pee out of a window and go up sort of attic ladder stairs to be able to take a dump a Rooney, as you yeah. kept referring it to <laughs> as a dump a Rooney. I don't believe I did. And I'm positive. And I have that. I, I wrote it all over my trapper keeper notebook. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I said, Mrs. Dumperoonie Levy. Yeah. <laughs> I kept writing it over and over. Um, but yeah, you know, I think, um, 
you know, you said, I look back at that guy and I was like proud of that guy. You look back at yourself during yeah. that time and you were proud of what you were able to make. It can through. we, can I, can we rephrase this? Can we uh, just tell them the story real quick? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, just, it, and the title of the story obviously is dump a Rooney. Dump a Rooney. I take just, a dump a Rooney. There, there was a point in time where my girlfriend and I had just broken up. I was still living in the Bay area and, um, we got thrown out of the house we were in. Somebody bought the house. And so I needed a quick place to live. And I, I lived in a place called San Bruno. And um, I got some, my, my, somebody I knew had a, a, a place where I could sleep in the garage. Right. And the garage overlooked a cemetery. And the sun never shines in San Bruno. And really? I really, my girlfriend was like my best friend. I really didn't have like any close friends that were still in the Bay Area at the time. And I was living there alone in a garage overlooking a uh, funeral or a, uh, a, a graveyard. Cemetery. Cemetery. cemetery yeah. There was no bathrooms. Just if I a had consistent to, funeral. I had, just the longest pee, funeral. Yeah, it was a funeral. It was a huge funeral procession. And uh, if I had to use the bathroom, I could pee out the window. Or if I had to take a dump a Rooney. Yeah, uh, I could go to a you gas station. Helicopter, I actually, could go to a Rooney NYC style. <laughs> I could go to a, I, I could go to a gas station if I wanted to take a dump of Rooney, and it was not a great, it was not, not a ideal. great existence. Not it was ideal. not ideal, and I was not super happy. I was really depressed, and I was like just starting comedy, and I was like. <laughs> Not, I wasn't doing that well. I'm like opening different clubs and I only have like seven minutes, but only two of them work. And, you know, like I wasn't, things weren't going that well. I was only paying $300 a month to live in the garage. That was good. But um, that's about what I was making every but month. But you look back at each and, and every I look back at, yeah, the moral of the, yeah. The, you look I, back the, at all those the, different dumperoonies. The moral of the story is I look back on that era and I'm like proud of that guy that stuck it out and really kept working hard. And I, you know, and things got better. And I kind of like the guy that got through that. I kind of laugh about that. And that's hopefully how we feel about uh, the pandemic in terms of when it gets tough. You know, we well, look I, back I and we're like, so. how did I handle it? How did I handle it? And I know we did, did. I, did I take a dump at a gas station? Absolutely. No, no. Did you take a dump of Rooney? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, a great, a great pod title. Definitely a stump Rooney. Uh, oh, yeah. No more. How about Papa Rooney? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> I popped a Rooney. I dumped a Rooney. I popped a chub and I got a lady boner. Uh, <laughs> that was great. Do you want to go downstairs and we'll continue? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I wanted to tell you. I got a great opener, too. Just, okay, just so I can remember, I wanted to actually for this, and maybe we just tag it on. I've got 3% yeah. battery. You know, just that uh, I'm having a tough time. What I'm going through right now is I'm remembering quarantine and the fun that Kate and I had. And they, I read this article about Rosie Retrospective. Yeah. Or sort of nostalgia bias where you look back at your past and you see it as sort of uh, really positive, kind of all good stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, But I am looking back and I'm remembering, oh, you know, it was really fun. It was so strange. and We were together nonstop. And it was so weird to not be able to go outside. And back when no one really knew about the virus and how easy was it for you to catch. And, you know, now we look at you know, outdoor dining and it's hard to catch when you're outdoors and we just know so much more about it. But I'm having a tough time with that 
because now lately I'm not really seeing this as like, um, how do I say this? I'm not, I'm just not seeing, um, I'm having a tough time going back to that time and feeling good about what happened. It just feels like that time's gone. And now I'm looking towards, you know, a future of kind of working in it, not being very good. Just, it does not look like the next year of life is going to be very good. And, you know, doing these shows was great, but it's going to be really hard to make so little money, really not enough money to live, uh, you know, and, uh, and to perform in these places and kind of to be in these hotels and not go into any restaurants or anything like that. And the, the air travel, the plane travel, it's going to be so, uh, difficult and lonely and, and just, you know, so I'm having a tough time not thinking about that and instead thinking of kind of what you're talking about, looking back at the guy that made it through quarantine and all that and being proud of that guy and, and liking that guy. What if, we, what if we include this era in that? Because this is not over. That's, I mean, this is part of the struggle right now. Oh, to be sure. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think the problem is, is that I actually think this is harder than three three months ago. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but yeah. There, no, no, I think you're right. And there were things, like I, I'm looking back at, at what happened and feeling pretty good about it. But, and we'll talk about this in the next episode. Um, you know, I got to tell you a story where it's just like something happened in our home that was so disturbing. And Kate has ha been having such a tough time with so many aspects of what's going on now. And then on top of that, I am quarantining from my own wife. I mean, we're really, That's, we got to talk about that too. That's brutal. Yeah. That's, this is going to be a cliffhanger. We talk about what happened in your home. That's a cliffhanger. That's that what is, they call that's it. What we call some cliff... people call it a cliff hammer. And that's strange, you know, and some people call it a stiff slammer and some people pop a chub until the lady boner comes home for Christmas. It's 107.9. The All right. So I'll, yeah, I'm going to pack this up and I'll just call you from downstairs, but I'll pack it up, plug it in. Is that what you're calling it now? Pack it up, plug it in and call it Christmas. Pop it, pop it and chop it. Pop it, chop it, chub it and bone zone it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll try and, um, I'm going to have to make a couple trips, but yeah, I'll try and, Try and get that sweet, sweet pussy going. Are you, um, how are you feeling? I'm ready. I want to do the next one because we've got a good opener and I want to hear your story too. And what do you think about, uh, and I don't usually ask this, and maybe this is a Patreon only kind of tidbit. Yeah. How do you feel about your nipples? I feel like everybody has an opinion of their nipples. I don't have a strong opinion about my nipples, but I, I gotta say, not a huge fan. <laughs> not just... <laughs> Maybe I'll talk about that on stage at some point because just not a fan, not going to go out of my way to see them. Yeah. Not, not really excited about their function and sensation. And that's, I mean, if, if you, if you're, if your nipples were attached to Narcissus's body, do you think he would have drained that pool? Drain the drain pool. That drain that pool. <laughs> drain that pool. Cause those nipples are, they, they are as far as you can get from good looking. All right. They are nasty and not cooking. No, I just, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, unpleasing to the eye. 
Yeah. But given the choice, this is true. Given, <laughs> I am going to talk about this on stage. Given the choice between looking at my nipples and not looking at them, I'm going to go no look every single time. Mm-hmm. The, you know, no look pass on the nipples? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. When Nothing it to see to my, here? Hey, Nothing to see here? When it comes to my nipples, I'll take a pass. <laughs> All right, I'll see you downstairs, buddy. All right, buddy.